When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Utavia podcast. As ever, I'm your host Jim Chisholm and I'm joined by examiner sports editor Mel Booth and football writer Blake Welton. Today we're going to be reviewing last weekend's 2-1 victory at the Hawthorns before previewing this Saturday's fixture against Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, but first, I'm going to encourage you to check out a deal that our sponsors, Beer52, have kindly offered to all you lucky listeners out there. Go to the website, type in the code Huddersfield, and you can pick up a £29 crate of beer for just £5.95. So right, now that's out of the way again. It was billed as a, as a must-win by everybody but Blake. Uh, and David Wagner. And David Wagner. <laughs> but we, we went and won it nonetheless. Uh, Mel, thoughts about the weekend? Um, great weekend uh, for town, obviously. I think people said, you know, a must win. I think it was more of a must not lose. Um, that was my take on it going into the game. Um, to at least keep the barrier at as many points as it was. Um, but town went down there and did, you know, a really good job uh, on the day. And to come away with three points after having beaten uh, Bournemouth at home. Um, it was a real, real shot in the arm for the chances of staying up, and I think it's done. You know, it's given all the fans a real boost and a real hope that Town can see this through. You know, during the running. Blake. Yeah, totally. I think the phraseology "must not lose" um, and get something out of it is pretty much perfect. But getting all three points, I think, I think everyone would have gone down there, and and if they took a point, it's like, well, you know, it's it's no one's really gained from that. Um, but the fact they went down there and, and got the victory, three points, it really is a massive nail in West Brom's coffin as well. And you really have to start looking at it being, you know, two relegation places to be filled as opposed to the three now with uh, West Brom, um, you know, pretty much down and out, I think, after that performance. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. And, and it just gives them a bit of breathing space as well um, going into, you know, tomorrow's game and, and, and that. And then obviously, you know, they're, they're running. They're now 14th and th- three points from uh, the drop zone. I don't want to belabor a point about our style of play, um, but I'm going to belabor a point about our style of play. Padu said they couldn't cope with us. We were on the front foot from the beginning. It's something that, you know, Mel was was saying that we should do when we went through that bit of sticky patch. Is is it? It's not a coincidence, is it, that we've gone back to playing how we used to play and we've had a, as fortunes have, have picked up? No, um, but I, I, to, to be honest, the style of play, I thought both sides were quite poor. I think it was it, you could tell it was two sides that didn't really want to lose the game, and there was a lot riding on it. And you know, Town and some of the players struggled to get the passing game together, um, and that. But 
Town's just a little bit of quality in the final third with Pritchard and Mounier linking up once again really well really did kind of come to the fore um, but I do generally agree with the fact uh, other, you know maybe not particularly in the West Brom game but generally the fact that Town are better on the front foot and basically that's probably why they're so good at home as well because you know the, the, the crowd get behind them and really buoy them up and really G them up for sort of adrenaline football, so to speak. So um, I do agree with Pardew, but maybe the game itself, that game as a, as an, as as one game, was not kind of town at their best on the front foot. No, it wasn't. Yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry, Mel. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean that it was was at our best, but what I mean is we pressed frantically. We played a high line, and they couldn't live with us, and we forced them into mistakes. I'm not saying we played beautiful passing football. But we did the defensive pressing side of the game very well. Mel? Yeah, I think there was a, an edge of positivity about everything that Town did as well. It might not have been the greatest quality all the way through, um, but it looked like there was that positive um, vibe running through everything. And it was kept going. And there were shots at goal and, you know, the people were willing to have a go. I mean, you know, Williams was really unlucky on a couple of occasions, wasn't he? That would have been a brilliant... If that volley had gone yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> goal of the season. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, well, pretty good. Rajiv Van Lepera might have something to say about that. But <laughs> that was anyway, a cross. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, and, and I think that that's, the, the fans are appreciating that. We'd all rather see Town fail having a go if they're going to fail. You know, we don't want them to fail. We want them to be successful, and I think the best um, chance for town to be successful, and I've said this before on on the podcast, is that you know they need to be playing positively and having a go at the opposition. In the old terms, you know, attack is the best form of defence, and I think that it really is proving to be the case for town. Uh, we went through that sticky patch. We weren't positive. We looked defensive, and I don't think anybody enjoyed that. And I think just coming out of the shell a little bit has really, you know, has really helped. And I think, you know, the introduction of Pritchard um, in midfield since he came in the January window and also uh, Congolo with what he brings to the back, it's clear that that guy can, you know, can read the game. He's a big, physical, strong athlete. And, you know, he's got ability in the air and he can pass the ball. You, I suppose you don't go to AS Monaco and play for Holland yeah. if you if you can't do those sorts of things. But he has been a really good signing, I think, as well. So the two of them have given us a, a, a little bit of a different perspective on things. Um, and maybe they've allowed us to play more of that style that we all want to see with town on the front foot. I think as well, going back to the, the January, um, the, the purchases of Congolo on loan and also Pritchard, I think before that the circumstances maybe at, at times dictated the setup and the formation and the approach because there wasn't that quality to really kind of, you know, be flexible in rota- you know, rotation and set up and, and things, whereas... Pritchard is the number ten, and the, the link between the mid, the hard working pressing midfield, and the you know forwards and the outlet for creativity that you know we just weren't getting with you know Casey Palmer just always injured and just not being aware tactically enough during games, and then Sabiri as well, one for the future. So, you know, with Pritchard now, it gives you a lot more options in the final third and and set up and the same with Congo at the back he can play as back three 
or you know as a full back and that and I think at times town were maybe those two players short of being able to mix it up so they had to basically go well we can't really go forward that's just you know be it be defensive and, and kind of and try and be as hard to beat as possible whereas now we've got options no one's no one really remembered Aaron Moy was was out as well um Aaron Moy's been our main creative outlet for for so long but we did all right without him against West Brom and you know no one's saying oh when's Aaron Moy back when's Aaron Moy back oh you know oh, he's coming back from Australia and is he going to be what you know because we have Although it's a different position, we have another creative outlet in Alex Pritchard. So we all agree that Pritchard's had a massive impact since January. Do you think that Pritchard is getting the best out of Munier? Because, what, a couple of months ago, mm. everyone was saying, well, you know, Munier is yeah. not cracked up to be. Was he worth all that money? But now he looks like the striker that we all thought we'd paid for. Is that, again, down to Pritchard? Yeah. I think that they certainly seem in the in the you know the few minutes that we've had to see them play together they certainly seem as though they've got a little bit of a an understanding going on there and that's fantastic because we've clearly lacked that from the number 10 position all season really um that that link with the the the, the front man up there whether it's de Quattro or, or Mounier but you know the way Mounier stuck that goal away at West Brom um you know, it clearly shows that if you give him the chances, he knows where the back of the net is. And I think Pritchard and him seem to have struck up some sort of a, a partnership or an understanding or whatever you like to call it. And maybe they just read each other. Um, and I, that can only be good. That can only be good because we've got a, we don't generally make as much of the chances that we create that we should do and if we're going to start doing more of that it can only be good and it can only say good things about our chances of survival yeah I, I totally agree since Pritchard's come in Mounier's looked a different player and um, before the January transfer window you know November December when we weren't picking up points we weren't scoring goals everyone was bleating on about we need another forward we need a forward Mounier's you know not doing it we've only got the Potra. And I said then and there for quite a few times, you know, in in pieces and comment pieces that it's not the forwards the problem; it's the supply to the forwards. Um, and although the difference is between the potcher, the potcher will go looking for the ball and create chances, and just his pure physical nuisance of of herself, he will create chances. Um, you know, and can play that one at the top. Munier is not that sort. He does need that. That number ten and that you know that player behind him. He plays well off the shoulder as well, he does, though, doesn't he? He's yeah. not he's not someone who's necessarily playing with his back to goal no. like De Quattro would. Quattro, yeah, yeah, that's definitely. And I was actually you know saying before this to to Boothy, um, you know, to both the signings Congolo and Alex Pritchard, do do we actually need a, a new f- uh, head of football operations because <laughs> we've done all right with those two so far and what what they've done. Well, I'm sure David Wagner has a fair bit to say about who is recruiting anyway. So the fact that he was sort of at the forefront of it during the January transfer window, and every time we asked him, appeared to be enjoying that yeah. fact, then maybe you're right. But uh, the last indications we got were that they were still um, you know, interviewing potentials for it. So yeah. we, we'll wait and see. Send your CVs in yeah, if, yeah. Uh, if that's your kind of thing. Quanna or Ince? Quanna started... Um, head of Ince you know Ince is, you know was filling that number 10 role which he's not a natural at yeah. Pritchard has you know shunted him out to the right and, and now Quana seems to have a starting berth Quana I think 
uses space really intelligently. And I think the assist that he got for Van La Parra's amazing scuffed goal <laughs> um, demonstrates that. Who, who, if, if you had to start one player on the right, who do you start? That is an absolute juggling act, yeah. to be quite honest. Isn't it? it really is a tough question because, obviously, Colin Kwane, you know, we all get quite amused sometimes about him because it's it's a bit like if you knew he used to be that, you know, you you knew that the opposition hadn't a clue what was going to happen because he didn't. So it's yeah. a little bit like that with Colin. I'm sure he's got a bit more um, to his game than uh, than that, to be quite honest, but. Um, he he troubles defences. We saw it last season as well, didn't we? In the, you know, when it when it came to playoff time, he came on at, at Wednesday, didn't he, and made yeah, a massive ten seconds. Yeah. yeah, just made a massive impact. So he's got that capability, and it's clear that opposition, you know, defences are not quite sure what to do with him. Um, and you quite rightly say he set that goal up beautifully. The finish wasn't, you know, it wasn't smacked in the corner by any means, but. He he saw the pass and he saw the man in space and you know a goal came from it. You can't ask any more than that. So you know at the moment with Tomins, it just flits in and out a little bit too much at times. Um, yeah, he get you know he's he's been on the end of some of our moves and not quite put the ball in the net. Seems to have happened a little you know a little bit too often. And you know I'm a, I'm a Tomins fan. I thought he was a good signing for the club. At his age, I thought it was the right time and I thought it was the right circumstance for him to actually come and show that he's a Premier League footballer. So I have nothing against Tomins whatsoever. Um, as you said, for who do you pick? At the moment, you probably stick with Kwana because he's probably got the bit between his teeth and you just want to stick with that man who's you know, really sort of positive about the way he's playing. Um, and you know, bring Tom on. You've got the option of where you bring Tom yeah. on. Then you can bring him on in two or three different positions. Mm-hmm. So you you will probably stick with Kwana, but it's a very very close call to be fair. Yeah, it's it's a funny one because we we are this week's town talk was all about what to do with Colin Kwana and 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 we need to talk about Colin, and and it seemed to go down really well with the, with the readership. Everyone seemed to be reading it, and everyone seems to have an opinion on on Big Col, as uh, as we like to call him. Um, I think it's a case of whether you let your head rule your heart or your heart rule your head because you know Colin doesn't really know what he's doing with the ball sometimes and but you just cannot fault his endeavor and his commitment and he's just pure you know his pure passion and, and he's a, he's a trier and you know his first touch might not be the greatest sometimes or you know might not be you know, positionally, they were that great, but you know, his pure, you know, passion and endeavour will, you know, get cause problems and and get goals and assists. And I think the fact that he's got the most assists out of any town player now, um, it is fantastic. Whereas Tomins, you know, if you're looking at it on a cold half today, is probably a better overall footballer, better touch, uh, and that. But he's just struggling to finish and getting on the end of things. So. Head or heart at the moment, I have to go with with the heart and that um and and you know and hopefully you know he can carry on, you know becoming quickly becoming seems to be a, a some cult figure for uh, for Huddersfield Town fans. Two nil to Quanah then, three nil. I'll put my <laughs> hat in the ring as well. So, Tottenham, <coughs> is Tottenham a free hit? Go out there, give it a go, on the front foot. I, or, or is there a danger that we do what we did at home, we get absolutely battered and 
confidence going into those two key games, Swansea and Palace, is low. I th- I think you got to you've got the, the the term box clever here. It's a free hit. I definitely agree. It's a free hit. The game games against Tottenham, Manchester United, Liverpool, home or away, they're not the games you're going to target for points. If you get any points out of them, like we did against Manchester United early in the season, great stuff. Um, the work, the the heavy duty hard work of staying in the Premier League is going to be against you know AFC Bournemouth, West Brom, and then the two games afterwards, you know which is Swansea Palace. Then you've got Watford, Newcastle, so they're the heavy duty ones. So, but that's not necessarily meaning you, you know you don't try and get something because they're bonus points. But I think it's a case of as I said, boxing clever. Um, if you go toe to toe with them. And you go, you know, if you, it's a bit like a, a boxing match when you know the guy, the guy's going to be harder, bigger, faster. You try and stick in there for the 10 rounds and maybe just hopefully they'll wear themselves out, run out of ideas and you can get hit them with a sucker punch. And, that. and that's, I think, how town needs to set up. They need to set up smartly, compact frustrate them and try and hit, try and hit them with a sucker punch and, and that whether that's on the counter attack or you know whether it's, it's it's making one of their few chances count um but i think that's going toe to toe i think you're going to come on, on undone like you did earlier in the season yeah there's there's a golfing class so you've got to be careful haven't you but i do want to see town being positive i'm quite intrigued to see how david wagner's going to set up the team um the only time Tottenham haven't scored at Wembley this season was against Swansea City. They drew nil nil. Swansea set up with three centre backs and just basically frustrated them. Spurs had seventy five percent possession, twenty six shots to four, and didn't score. And Swansea came away with a point. If Town come away with a point on Saturday, we'll be absolutely delighted. But there's a chance. There is a chance. And that's why I say I'm intrigued to see how David Wagner's going to set it up. It is a free hit. I don't think whatever, whatever happens, as long as we don't get absolutely crushed yeah. seven or eight or something, I don't think confidence is going to take a hit if we lose you know, by a normal score, shall we say, on, on Saturday. I don't think confidence is going to take a hit. Um, this is a freebie in those, in those terms, and I think Town can go down there positively set up and just go about the business and see see what happens you know if I, I don't think they'll get picked off like they did um at home i don't think that will happen again i pray it won't happen again uh, but i think you know you've got to be mindful of the fact that you know spurs are a pretty good team uh you know we're going to be up against it so i, I think we've just got to go down and play give it a real go but from a from a structured framework which i'm sure that you know, David Wagner will, will set things up in that way. Just who he'll pick, I'm sure we could guess yeah. umpteen different teams right. and he'll probably come up with a different one. Do so, you, do you think bit, we'll have you know, three at the back? I mean, Tottenham are still playing three at the back, are they? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think we'd, we'll, we'll match them? I mean, I have never seen us play well with three at the back. I think I think a lot of it though is is it's not a formation that the side have been able to have been used to or played too often. Um, earlier earlier in the season we tried it against Arsenal. Um, and Martin Craney was there. No disrespect to Martin Craney, he's left and he's now substitute, um, at, at Middlesbrough. Um, so you know that it just shows how much you know the lack of quality we had in that position with Congolo. Schindler and Zanka now we have three Premier League quality defenders to play that that formation that way and 
I think you know they can only get better by playing it, by training with it, and having the players of similar quality around them to do so. So I think they will go three three at the back, um, and that and 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 have two sort of wing backs, um, and that is, I think the quandary for me is how they set up in midfield really, um, and that I would say have Hogg, Williams, Billing, and I would still keep Pritchard. Um, supporting Mounier, so you've got that compactness, but you've also got you know you know you know you've got a little bit of something other than just hoying it up to Mounier, you know who's isolated. So that's that's how I would go for it. Um, and just going back on the point, I think Tottenham are probably apart from Man City are the best footballing side in the country. So you know you have to pay them the respect that they they're due as well. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right, and it's the setup will be very very interesting. I threw the question in there about three centre backs because Swansea did it when they went there, and you know it it worked with a little bit of you know well probably a large slice of luck thrown in there, and Town are going to need you know a, a a bit of the rub of the green on Saturday, I'm sure, um, but. Um, yeah, something if they do play that way and play with two wing backs, then obviously something's got to give him in midfield. Yeah. So it will be very interesting to see what he does. But I would love to see Alex Pritchard kept in there. Yeah, yeah I think that's key. Yeah, because yeah. we we won't create anything without him. Yeah. Um, my only worry is that if you play Hog, Williams, and Billing, one of them gets crocked, and then what? Yeah, but you you could say that all the time. Um, you know. You could say that with with their, they could be training now on that icy pitch at Canal Side and they get caught. You've just you know, so are you suggesting then maybe perhaps rest or or keep one of them for the bigger games you know coming up or or, or what? Or I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go three at the back. I honestly, I honestly think we can't go toe to toe with Tottenham. And and you saw when we we tried to match Chelsea, I think at home. Uh, the way that they switch the ball from wing to wing is terrifying. And and Tottenham did that to us at home. Um, I'd keep it back four and I'd, I'd just keep it really tight. Um, it's a way. It is a free hit. Um, you can you can shield as well. You can shield your back yeah. four as well, Jim, can't you? Yeah. We, you know, we, we're more used to doing that yeah. than, than playing the back three. Like you, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think we've ever... Under various managers, come to terms it's with just, playing three at the back. It's easier it's for just not us. It's easier for everyone to defend if it's two banks of four or a bank of four mm. and five. You know where you're going to be. I think it's slightly more complicated when you're playing a three six one or whatever. <laughs> In a transition, it's it's confusing. I think unless you're really well drilled, like Tottenham are, and you're matching a team that are really well drilled. So for me, let's do what we're good at defensively. You know, two banks of four. Cause you're not you're not going to compete with them toe to toe on on that level. You know, so for me, I I would keep four at the back. I'm I'm not a fan of three at the back. Two, two banks of four, and then uh, Mounier supported by Pritchard. Then, yeah, yeah, um, and you, you just have to play Pritchard. I mean, Pritchard, you know, is pretty good in how he presses and and yeah. he turns his sides of his game. You know, he's he's not necessarily the most obvious central midfielder, but I think he can play as a central midfielder. Just being devil's advocate, then, um, would you still have Mounier or would you maybe have Departure because Departure was likely to maybe have his back to goal more and hold the ball up? Uh, no, because we, because when we play long to Departure, we never push up enough to win second balls. Mm. Um, so 
for me, I'd, I'd play someone who, you, you know, at least with Munier, he's more playing off the shoulder of the last man. You might be able to, someone like Pritchard might be able to thread a ball through and I think you get much more look, look that way than going long. You might only get two or three chances, yeah. but from seeing as against Chelsea, Liverpool, that we never win the second balls. And I, I don't think that's going to change between now and the end of the season. And they pressed us really well. Though. I mean, yeah. I, I thought Liverpool was sensational. You know, I mean, it was a similar sort of thing against Chelsea when they were here, but Liverpool were absolutely fantastic. They were all over mm. us like a rash. And, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more breathing space against Spurs. I, I, I think so as well. Maybe, I, I think we played in some respects, played Liverpool at the right time, perversely, because they really seem to be kicking into, mm. you know, full gear now. The way they were against West Ham, Klopp was saying it was like complete performance. They seem to also, when it comes around to the Champions League knockout stages, historically start kicking in uh, and, and doing well in that and, 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 and things. I think Tottenham, I think they might, hopefully, they've got obviously a game tonight against Rochdale, that's an added game. Um, they're going to have rotate players. There's a few players at the back that's got injuries. Um, I think Older Veldum's one of them and that, that they're going to just be resting. Harry Kane, I think, is going to be rested tonight. So I think... You know, it might be a good time to play Tottenham as well, and and we might, you know, not be as you know as high intense pressed as we were against Liverpool. Really, I think we we need one of the keys. We need to keep hold of the ball as well. Mm. You know, we can't be giving the ball away, otherwise we are going to get hammered. We really need to keep the ball and use it well, and you know, not be frightened to have the ball either. You know, just be positive about it. But we need to keep hold of that ball as much as we can. That's why I'm reluctant to do the whole lob it to De Poitre thing yeah. because we just lose possession. Yeah. Um, Wembley, are you all looking forward to going back? Or is it kind of like it's a bit weird? Is it ruining the whole experience of, of Wembley? Or? Are, we, are we going into the realms of... I know the next question, are we going into the realms of uh, is it wrong that Tottenham, if they get through tonight, are going to play yeah. Wembley and all that? All the cliches. All the cliches, all the cliches on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so um, um, I think whatever happens on Saturday, if... If Town go and win five nil against Tottenham, or you know, or it's like one of the greatest complete performances of Huddersfield Town's history, I still think it will not better. You know, the bank holiday, May sun shining, you know, thirty five or forty thousand Town fans um, in a one off cup final game to get into the Premier League for the first time and back in the top flight for like. 30, 45 years or something I think it'll go a long way and and that um, and I do think the whole Wembley thing is a little bit of a kind of it, it does diminish the magic of it but I think it's experiences that no town fan it will it'll take away or tarnish what happened nine months ago yeah let's face it we haven't really had many opportunities to sit down at Wembley over the years have we we've been very lucky because yeah. we've seen them win yeah, there a few times so we've that's been great, and uh, you know, but it, it was what fifty or fifty six years or something before we went in the autoglass since town had last been there, yeah. something like that. So you know, uh, two three generations of town fans never got to see them yeah. at Wembley. So we've been really fortunate in in certainly over the last twenty years to to have seen town there what three four times whatever it is. Oh, this will be the fourth time. So. Uh, for me, it's great. What's wrong with that? Let's go to Wembley and enjoy yeah. it. Um, and I, I think a lot of town fans will be, you know, making a weekend of it. 
it's a special occasion, it's whichever a, way you look at it. Very hard to get tickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose if you're a Rochdale fan going down tonight as well, it's it's you know for them it's it's what you know they might not have ever thought of, albeit it's FA Cup. Well, getting out of Rochdale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, albeit it's FA Cup fifth round, but you know going to mm. Wembley, but I I I don't think it will affect the memories that was built nine months ago. But um, to me, it's a little bit of a a weird one. Yeah. But I still enjoy all the pre-match food and all the yeah, nice all stuff. stuff. <laughs> predictions. Actually, Blake, last week you got the the predictions and the scorers correct. I think. That yeah. Is, uh... This is this is this is why you listen to this podcast <laughs> so you can get the insight Surprise. and put the money on. Um. So so all pressure on me going first then yeah. again. Okay. Um. I'm gonna because you normally just ask for the score. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one one. Town score first. Bats against the wall, and then Harry Kane, who else, pulls one out of the bag and, and gets the equaliser, but Town were more than happy with that. Mel? I'd be more than happy with a 1-1 <laughs> one, one draw, that is for sure. I mean, re- you know, realistically, uh, I've mentioned there is a golfing class, you'd have to say that Spurs are red hot favourites, aren't they? So, you know, you'd, you'd probably settle for something like a 2-0 a to Spurs, but if we can get a goal puts a whole different complexion on it and you know maybe we'll prod the, the hornet's nest or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know but um, you know I, I optimistically I will join Blake in his one apiece, one apiece. I'm going to say 2-0 Spurs because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a depressed that's my default setting as yeah. well but anyway there we are right is there anything else anyone would like to talk about Swansea Palace or that running or shall we call it a day no I think we've we've covered it haven't yep. we really this, I think we're basically saying you know this match is probably not the one that's going to determine what happens to town's season yeah. but I think the key thing is that town have got their own fate in their yeah, own hands definitely simple as that yeah definitely as, as Booby said if, even if town lose Swansea win and they go level on points Straight away next week at the John Smith Stadium, Town have got a chance to rectify that again and, and basically streak back three points ahead of Swansea. So, yeah, so like I said, it's, it's in Town's hands and it's all to play for. What a difference a week makes. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, go and give us a review on iTunes. Only five-star reviews. You can only give them. So, uh, And until next time, keep the faith. Wie had dat gedacht? Van shoppen in Milaan naar achter de koopjes aan. <laughs> Gelukkig heeft Telford Smart Packers. Niet het laatste model telefoon, maar wel de beste prijs. <laughs> dat is toch genieten? Geniet ook zonder te veel te betalen met Telford Smart Packers. Zoals de Samsung Galaxy S7 met 1 gig en 150 minuten. Nu voor maar 26,50 euro per maand. Doe hier voordeel mee, Telford. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.